Star Wars 7x7 episode 2678. Well, surprise, surprise, we move the Boba Fett day one day ahead, and it's just in time to talk about the Book of Boba Fett teaser trailer that just came out yesterday. What luck. And today's episode is being brought to you by our friends at cufflinks.com. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So Monday Fet Day got postponed and so now we're on, I guess, Fet Tuesday, which I wish I had thought of earlier because, you know, the whole Mardi Gras thing, like that's just perfect. Oh man. So we've got Fet Tuesday this week, which is pretty awesome. And we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett teaser trailer and I've got five top takeaways here for you. I did try to do this in a way where, you know, maybe it's a little bit deeper, a little bit, you know, more potentially speculative and analytical than what you might be seeing online so far. Fingers crossed you see it that way. And if you think it's cool and worth sharing, then I hope you will do that. For our first takeaway, we're going to focus on the title of the series, The Book of Boba Fett, and what it actually means. So previously, the leading candidate for this speculatively was that it would be about Boba Fett taking revenge on a bunch of people, that he had a list of people upon who he wanted to visit retribution. And that, based on the teaser trailer we just saw, does not seem to be the case. Instead, the phrase, the book or book in mafia slang, talks about whether people are in the quote-unquote family of the mafia. And when the books are open, then people can be accepted into the mafioso family. And when the books are closed, then nobody else is accepted in. So when we see Boba Fett meeting with people who were formerly captains under Jabba, you get the idea that they are being potentially welcomed back into the fold and with the caveat that they're going to work under Boba Fett's regime now because he's saying, you know, Jabba ruled with fear and I intend to rule with respect. So based on what we're seeing, it sounds like the title is referring to the fact that he is building a new criminal enterprise. He's essentially trying to take over what had been Jabba the Hutt's criminal enterprise and make it his own. For a second top takeaway, let's talk about locations, right? Particularly that giant city that we see depicted mostly in the bowl of a canyon, but also with buildings out on the canyon walls and extending out beyond the edge of that canyon. So the working presumption is that this is still Tatooine, and that does make sense because Boba Fett is establishing his base of operations on Tatooine, and he probably has to do some outreach to other cities in and around the planet. For example, Mos Espa, the spaceport that's prominently featured in The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, is mentioned in reference materials as being under the control of various gangs. And so, yeah, you could certainly see why Boba Fett would be doing some outreach in other cities and spaceports and whatnot. But this doesn't seem to be Mos Espa because of the whole canyon aspect of things. It also doesn't seem to be Mos Eisley either. And as far as locations that we've heard about in various places, well, Anchorhead on the way to Mos Eisley, there's deleted footage from A New Hope. And yes, it doesn't necessarily have to look like that deleted footage, but it doesn't look like that deleted footage either. So I'm going to throw out a city name here for you, which might possibly fit, and that's Bestine. So Bestine in Legends was the capital city of Tatooine, and that was recanonized not too long ago in the Star Wars Complete Locations book from DK Publishing. 
And shockingly enough, there is a tie between Besting and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm gonna save that detail for you for a little later in the show. But for now, let's move on to a third top takeaway, which has to do with that action sequence we see toward the end of the teaser. I have to say, it felt a little bit odd for me, in particular because of the way it started out with Boba Fett's helmet rolling on the desert floor and coins spilling out of the bucket, well, for a start, it actually looked kind of flimsy and not what I expected the inside of Boba Fett's helmet to look like. Like, for example, there seems to be a lack of electronics, which you would imagine would be in place because he has that little thing that drops down that helps him range find for <laughs> shooting missiles off his back and that sort of thing. Yeah, there was something weird about it. And I also don't really see Boba Fett walking around just saying, oh, let me just put a whole bunch of coins in my helmet so I can <laughs> move around. Like there's just something strange about that that I feel like we don't quite have the story for it. It's sort of pitched like he was walking around with coins in his helmet and then he's confronted with Fennec Shand by all these you know, random people with little red energy shields and he has to drop the bucket in order to fight them. There's something that's just not quite right about this scenario. And then, of course, there's the question of who are these folks anyway? Their uniforms don't look like the uniforms of the people that we see in that, I'll say, palace, for lack of a better, where they go to meet with the Ithorian. And for those of you who need the refresher, Ithorians are what are sometimes referred to as the hammerhead folks, right? They have those unusual heads that look like you know, not quite hammerhead sharks, but it gives you that sort of idea basically. And it kind of cranes out on a curved neck. So the guards inside there, which were human by all appearances, and also the guards that are surrounding Fennec and Boba outside are also human by appearance, which by the way, as far as Tatooine goes, Tatooine's population is mostly human. I think the stat I saw on Wikipedia is around 70%. So yeah, it kind of makes sense that you would see a bunch of humans kicking around there. But there's a question as to whether the Ithorian that Boba Fett is meeting with is a gangster, probably so, which means that the guards inside there, also probably gangster guards, but whether these folks outside are is another question entirely. I personally feel like they are more just general local law enforcement than anything else. And that's as opposed to, say, enforcers for a particular criminal gang, right? So, for example, they're not the Pikes and they're not Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn uses these folks called Hylobon enforcers. They basically look like they walked off the set of Planet of the Apes. So, yeah, local law enforcement is my working theory on that one. For a fourth top takeaway, we'll talk about that tagline, every galaxy has an underworld. And so the mind jumps, as it sometimes does, to the notion of Star Wars Underworld, which was a TV series that was in development in the early 2000s, where they had something like... 50 scripts that had been produced or ideas pitched or something to that effect and they had talked about anywhere from 100 to even 400 episodes being produced at some point in the future overall had they been able to get this thing off the ground except they weren't because it was just too expensive to make at the time and do it as a TV series. It was really more in a sort of feature film category but they just had too big of a story that they wanted to tell. And so when you hear about that and you also consider then the Star Wars 1313 
13 video game that eventually got canceled but was supposed to have ties in to Star Wars Underworld. Well, it's not this Star Wars Underworld because that was supposed to take place mostly on Coruscant and deal with stuff happening there. This obviously has nothing to do with that whatsoever, so we are definitely talking about just the criminal underworld more than anything else. And I know in the previous takeaway I just said that I didn't think these enforcers that they ran into on the street were necessarily part of a criminal gang or enterprise, but my goodness, can you imagine a scenario where Boba Fett is not going to run afoul of some other criminal enterprise in the process of this whole thing? So I think that's something we're going to end up digging into a bit on this podcast at a later date, the idea of what criminal enterprises are operating at this point in the canon timeline and how they might come into play in a Book of Boba Fett series. And for a fifth takeaway, I'll just flag the fact that they are definitely trying to appeal to people with a deep investment in Star Wars with some of the Easter eggs in this. For example, the Bomar Monk that we see scuttling along at the very beginning of the trailer. Well, those, of course, appeared in Return of the Jedi and are inhabiting Jabba's palace but are just basically ignored by everyone there. <laughs> Remains to be seen whether Boba Fett will have anything to do with them. And speaking of Return of the Jedi, in Jabba's Palace, there were characters where when they released the action figures back in the 80s, one was called Klaatu, one was called Barada, and one was called Nikto. And they were named after that phrase, Klaatu, Barada, Nikto, that is spoken in a very old science fiction movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And the Book of Boba Fett brings members of the Barada species back into play in Star Wars live action. A couple of members of their species are part of the dinner that Boba Fett is hosting along with a couple of Trandoshans and a couple of Aqualish. Aqualish, if you remember Ponda Baba, who was the companion of Dr. Evazon in A New Hope and also in Rogue One spotted briefly as well, that particular species. Going back to the whole action figure thing, Ponda Baba was previously referred to as Walrus Man when his action figure was originally released. So yeah, bringing the Baradas back in is pretty cool. And I think that means, I mean, we've had Nikto brought into storytelling since Return of the Jedi. I don't know if we've had any Clatoonians. I'm sure they're kicking around somewhere, but I don't think we've had them in live action just yet. And so those are the five top takeaways, but I still haven't mentioned the tie-in to Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'll get to that in just a second. But before I do, I want to take a moment to say thank you to the fine folks at cufflinks.com who have been sponsoring the podcast for us this month. And on a previous episode, I was talking about, you know, having my R2-D2 cufflinks that I already got from them years ago and now pairing it with an R2-D2 tie. And to add to that, I've now thrown in a Millennium Falcon tie bar. Just a quick reminder, folks, if you're wearing a tie, it's supposed to go between the third and fourth buttons. I just learned that this month. So this tie bar is just really sleek and understated, and I gotta say, I've been super impressed with the selection of stuff on cufflinks.com, Star Wars stuff, and also non-Star Wars stuff too. And that's great because you can take 15% off thanks to an exclusive coupon code they gave us, and it doesn't apply to just Star Wars, it applies all over the site. You just use SW7X715 as your coupon code at checkout when you go to cufflinks.com. Again, it's SW7X715 as the promo code when you check out 15% off, no minimum order at cufflinks.com. All right, so let's talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi connection. So. 
Here's the thing, I have not read the Kenobi novel by John Jackson Miller, which is a Legends novel and is going to be brought into that very nice Essential Legends collection trade paperback situation next year. But here's the thing, Bestine is mentioned in the Kenobi novel and apparently it is the settlement that is closest to where Obi-Wan Kenobi is holed up on Tatooine. Now, we're not gonna see Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut, in the Book of Boba Fett unless it somehow randomly shows up in flashbacks because Boba Fett was actually in that hut at one point and had a fight with Luke Skywalker in it but eventually Darth Vader had the whole thing atomized and so yeah it doesn't exist in the current timeline for the Book of Boba Fett but there is a possibility that we could see Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker fighting in flashback if that happens inside Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut wouldn't that be crazy? But what may be more likely is that they have all of these assets built for this particular city in the Book of Boba Fett, and if it is Bestine, then they could use those very same assets for the Kenobi series, knowing that Kenobi's hut is supposed to be very close by to that particular city. So there you go, that's five top takeaways about the Book of Boba Fett teaser trailer and a bonus thing about its potential links to Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items, are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders, may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.